Let's just go to the Lord and ask him to bless the rest of the service and bless the word today as we, as we break the bread of life today. Father, we come to you today, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your son, our precious Lord Jesus. We can come today, Father, and study your word and the powerful message that each chapter has in your book, Father. If we just open our hearts and open our eyes as you see things, as your son, as he walked this earth, as he's seen the hearts of people and seen the attitudes of people and his eagerness was to change their hearts, Father. Let us open our hearts up today and let you pull out the draws, Father, that slows us down, that keeps us from seeing with your eyes. As your children praise you in psalm today, we leave our hearts open for you, Father, starting with your minister here, that you may convey the message through your minister to your people today, that we may learn your word and take this word to the streets in action and not just keep it in our hearts, but to take it out as a lighthouse on the dark world, Father, that we may grow in the knowledge and grace of your precious Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen. We'll be in the book of Ephesians today, Ephesians chapter one, the powerful message Apostle Paul's written here, writing from prison, Paul addressed a serious problem affecting the Christians in the province of Asia. There's a conflict between the Jewish and Gentile Christians who are just being converted. And the tension was threatening to split Christians into two groups and destroy the unity of the church. And Paul insisted it was God's purpose for eternity that gospel be preached to Gentiles. And that's where we come in, folks. It's a blessed message of his salvation reaching arms to all that call upon his name. And the Gentiles are now being ministered to and the eternal purpose and now been disclosed in Christ Jesus. So that Gentiles, once foreigners to God's covenants, were made fellow citizens with God. In verse one, Apostle Paul addresses this. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father, and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who had blessed us with all spiritual blessings and heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us into the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. God has willed this in his heart. God has predestined this already in his heart for us to be able to come to him to be grafted in the vine as the Jewish children were, Jesus was the branches, the Jewish children from Jesus to the Father was the main vine. We were, the Jewish children were the branches and then we come along later on and he says, I just grafted you right in with the branches. He said, I'm the vine, I'm the true vine and you're of the branches. And see folks, without being connected to him, we will die without being connected to Christ Jesus, who is the true vine, where all the blood supply, all the life supply comes from, that connection is a physical connection to Jesus Christ our Lord. And what I mean by physically, it means just like if you would plant a bush out in the middle of the yard, or plant a beautiful flower and not water it, it would die. If no rain hit it or no water hit it, it would starve itself and die. Because the water, the life is in the rain, and Lord Jesus says, when we disconnect ourselves from him, and we do not relate to him, do not pray to him, do not have the relationship that we should have with him, we wither. 
And if we weather too much, we'll die if we don't have fresh water. So every time we come to him in prayer, every time we come to him in praises, like we praised him this morning, we're receiving rain from heaven. We're receiving rain to our souls that nourishes us, that lifts us up, that sets our feet back on solid ground again. And the days that we have where we've fallen, and the Holy Spirit of God, which he says spiritual blessings through Christ Jesus, one of the blessings we received, the moment we receive Christ, is the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives. And he said, because we have the power of the Holy Ghost, we should not neglect him or not grieve him, but let him use us. Not use him now. Let him use us in a Christ-like fashion to reach the world. That means the things we don't want to do sometimes, we still do it because you know what? We're letting the Holy Spirit of God use us. We're not using him. We're letting him use us in, this, in that walk in Christ-like life. And he's saying his predestinous become of the adoption to come to him through Christ Jesus to the praise of glory of his grace wherein he hath made us accepted in the beloved in whom we have redemption, amen. Covers of our sins, redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and prudence having made known unto us a mystery of his will. According to his good pleasure, we have a purpose in himself. And we know people to us is not a mystery anymore. God's will has been, God's will has been shown to us. And John 3.16 shows exactly what God's will is. Let's say it together this morning. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That is God's will, folks, that all people come to him and have the saving knowledge of his son and become redeemed by Christ Jesus. Wherein he hath bounded in all knowledge and made known to us the mysteries that in the dispensation of the fullness of times he might gather together and one in all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him, and whom we also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory and the first trusted in Christ, and whom we trusted after that we heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and whom also after that ye believed, ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnestness of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. And he's saying he was sending his Holy Spirit to us and seal us as a deposit that he will return and receive us. See, folks, a lot of people preach Jesus Christ and him crucified, but it goes a lot further than Jesus Christ and him crucified. For us Christians, for the lost world calling out to God, Christ and him crucified is the message, okay? That's the message. But see, once you're born again, we have the hope and glory of Christ crucified, buried, resurrected, ascended to the right hand of God and coming back again for the bride, folks. We are his inheritance. We are his bought with the precious blood of Jesus. Amen? Amen. And nothing can take us from that divine grip of God that he expressed in his perfect love that day of Calvary on that old rugged cross, which we just heard the song, the song, the song and lyrics of the words too. And on that cross, that blood 
pardons all sins, past, present, and future, folks. And he ascended to the right hand of the Father. He sat down before the Father, God our Father, and God smiled upon him and said, Son, you've done what I sent you to do. I am proud of you. You finished the task. And now he has passed the torch to us as little Christ to proclaim this message. Wherever we go, the church of Jesus Christ. If you would say that we are a religious sector, I don't like to even like the word religion because I think religion is really man's search for God, okay? When you hear about religious things, religious things written in the media and on the news and religious things in the movies, we've got this movie out now with this, this uh, uh, it's cold everybody's uh, going, uh, uh, studying about and making big, big, huge stories about the Vinci Code and the Vinci Code and this movie. You got to understand, if you go see this movie, this movie is a, is a fictional movie. It always has been. It never was representing the truth. It's about 15% truth, and the rest is just Hollywood, okay? We know Christians do not need a code. We do not need any type of a cultural man's reach for God because God has already reached out to us in faith through his son, Jesus Christ. And he said we do not need any kind of a code, a religious chant. We do not need man's calculations on what, what kind of God do we serve. God's word completely and perfectly explains to us who God our Father is and who we are as his children. It's not a cultic belief. This is not a code hidden in the word somewhere we have to search and find. The life of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ of him crucified, buried, resurrected, ascended to the right hand of God and coming back again for the bride. Folks, is all we need for everything that we need on this earth and even the hereafter. He has provided for that for his children. For he loves each and every one of us. There's no need to run the Holy Spirit down and tackle him in order to be saved. The Holy Spirit comes to us. He is the aggressor. He comes to us in the power of God. And, he, and he's the one who empowers us to be those ministers of light. Wherefore also, this is verse 15, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, I cease not to give thanks for you making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what is the riches of his glory and the inheritance of the saints, that ye may know him, and you may know how deep and wide and, how, and the width of his love and the depth of his compassion for us. We may know him as the one who died upon the cross for our sins. And to know him as a father, to know him as a family unit, we may know him as a church family, know who our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is. So when we're every one of us is on the Larry King show, we don't have to say, well, if he says, son, do you believe in heaven? Well, I hope there's one. Or son, do you believe in hell? Well, I hope there ain't one. Well, son, do you believe there's life after death? Well, I hope so. We can say, yes, there's life after death because God's word says there is. Do I believe in the Lord and as, as Jesus as Savior? Yes, and there's only one Savior, one mediator between men and God, Christ Jesus our Lord. There's no questions, no doubt about it. God's word settled it, said it, that settles it. In my heart, it settles it as far as I'm concerned. It settles it to the world. Regards to how many religions or doctrines are out there, God's word is clean 
hard and dry, and it says, the word God says, that those who call upon his name shall be saved. And he says, if you believe in your heart that Christ Jesus is Lord, and you call upon him, he will save you. And once you're saved, you're always saved, folks. And the divine grip of God, nothing can take you away from that divine grip. <clears throat> and this we are trusted, and this we are anchored in, this faith, the hope of his calling, the riches of his glory, which he gives us as we walk by faith, as we step out in faith, as we do the work, as we do the work that we've been inherited. See, we've been inherited the blessings of God. We inherited the work. See, because God's always working. We just join him in his work. God is always ministering. God is always walking. And the Lord Jesus said one time, that, uh, the men of Jerusalem, the Pharisees, that said, uh, uh, sir, shut these people up. They're, they're hollering out, blessed be he who comes in the name of the Lord. And they're hollering, Hosanna. And he said, if these people did not holler and shout my name, Hosanna, these rocks would cry out. God is going to make a purpose and a plan. He said the rocks would cry out my name. You know why? Because I'm the one. I'm the one. If I was a false messiah or if I was any other, this day would not happen. But because I am who I am, because I am the one who God has sent for the hope of the world and Savior of the world, these rocks will cry out. These people will not shout my name, would not, would not enter, would not bless me, would not praise my name. He said, I am that I am. And what is exceedingly greatness of power to usward to believe, verse 19, according to the work of his mighty power, which is the Holy Spirit in us. And these things, folks, the groom, Christ Jesus, takes the bride of Christ, the church of his, of the household of faith, which is us, the saints, which he had to believe according to the working of his mighty power through the Holy Spirit, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world that is to come. And he hath put all things under his feet and gave to him to be the head over all things to the church. Now, folks, if Christ is his head over all things in the church, is he not head over all things in the secular world? Is he not Lord of all heaven and all earth and all hell? Is he not over everything that we come up against as an obstacle in our lives? Every wall we come up against, every bad day we have, every good day we have, every day in between when we hit the ruts in life, is he not Lord over all those two? He did not say that we would feel affliction because he felt affliction. We would feel as outcast sometimes because he felt as outcast. We say when we, when we glory in the ministry and glory in his grace, we're going to glory also in the suffering of Christ. We're going to have to go through those things. And he says it'll make us stronger Christians, see? But all things were to give him praise and give him glory because it's like God is sovereign. He has, does not have to make any excuse for what he does. Christ Jesus is the head of the church. He has to make no excuses for who he chastens and who he uproots and who he burns. He has to make no excuse because he is sovereign. And he is the Lord, the Son of the living God. And so he chastens us and loves us. 
in his spirit, with his spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, which is his, the fullness thereof, which is the body, the fullness of him that fulfilleth all in all. In other words, he is all that we need, folks. When Apostle Paul come to him and said, Lord, I've been following you and preaching this gospel. And he said, Satan keeps buffeting me. I have this thorn in the flesh and I prayed to you three times to get rid of it for me and you haven't got rid of it. We don't know what this thorn in the flesh was. We don't know if this is a conviction the Lord Jesus gave to him. We don't know if it's a, uh, uh, because he, he slaughtered Christians and he jailed Christians before he, was a, before he was born again. He still thought about the times he did that and, it, and, it made, and Satan made him feel guilty about that. We don't know if it's a ailment, the, his eyes, because of the scales removed, God left a little bit of thorn in the flesh for him not to be able to see good. Maybe he had to be led different places. But we know this, that Paul asked Christ Jesus to relieve him of this three times. And Christ Jesus told him the same thing he would tell us. He would say, my grace is sufficient for thee. Wherever you're in, whatever you're going through, if you have bad eyesight, if you have sickness in your life. If you pray for healing and you haven't received physical healing, look in your heart. Are you healing in your heart? Because God's healing, say, is perfect and it's perfect timing. And God's saying, you're praying for healing, but have you, are you healed spiritually? Are you ministering to others, even in your sickness? Are you ministering to other people and making them come to faith? See, as I visit Birdie up in the hospital bed and Mrs. Williams, that they're ministering, the nurses come to the room, they minister to the nurses. They tell them, oh, how I love Jesus. You know, I love my Lord. I like to serve my Lord. I miss my church family. Do you have a church family? And they talk to these women as they come in. And some say, oh, yes, ma'am. I go to such and such church. Well, no, ma'am, I don't really have time for church for I work a lot of Sundays. And they'll say, well, Jesus still loves you and you can still have a relationship with him even if you don't go to church. See? But you got to read his word and we can help you get Bibles and they minister to people as they come in and there's sickness now. They minister to people around them. Folks, you don't think God's going to bless that? In their sickness, in their time of healing, in their time they're going through, they minister to so many people, they will never even realize it. That that person ministers to many hundreds of people a week. And that person, as you reach out to them in peace and be the feet of Jesus and the hands of Jesus. And that is just a chain of ever healing, ever loving, ever outstretching grace of God, see? It goes from one to the other, folks. And in their sickness, in their time of healing, they're, they're ministering to people they don't even know they're touching, but Christ Jesus is using them to be a vessel there. He's using us to be a vessel every time we do a deed in Christ Jesus. We're a spiritual blessing that says why, that's why his word says we're spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. Because all of our tactics may be different from one another. Some of us, is, or some of us have the gift of writing beautiful cards to people. Some of us have the gift of actually going out and visiting and bringing some cake over to someone or a pie to someone. And some can pick up the phone and just cheer someone up as they hear their voice. I, I can still remember my, my Aunt Mary. My Aunt Mary is one of the, the most... Uh, charismatic uh, people on earth and she would call me and she would, mom would answer the phone and Aunt Mary would say, put the phone up and me and my brother would be like listening to the receiver and put it between both our ears and she says, how's my little man? Boy, we're all, oh, we're packing bags. Man, we're fixing to go to Aunt Mary's. We're throwing clothes in there in the bags getting ready because we're going to have fun when we get to Aunt Mary's house. 
He said, y'all want to go bowling? You want to go out to the show or go eat? All three. All three. And then go swimming tomorrow. Okay? But she was just, to hear, to hear her voice, and she stood up there today, even though she is bound by kidney dialysis three times a week, she still, when you go to her house, she's going to lift you up. She's going to lift you up. Is there something about her nature that, that makes you feel welcome and warm around her? And these people used by God are touching so many lives and their afflictions, those of us who are healthy, those of us who can do, what are we supposed to do? We should be reaching 10 times as many, see? But because we're so healthy, then we have a lot to do on our own thing, our own agenda, see? We'll get our agenda done first. Well, I have so much strength I can put to that. And then the rest, God can take over the rest. No, see, he wants the first fruits. He wants the first fruits. He wants what we can give to him. Because you know what? As we give to him in our strength, as we give to him in our weakness, as we give to him in, in our discernment, ask him for discernment, he takes that and he multiplies it, see? He multiplies the first leaven out first and makes those huge a ministry which we may give him may be small at first, but he multiplies that as it goes out in love, see? And ministers to other people. He's saying, you just be obedient to my word. And you see with the eyes. He said, I've opened your eyes. And verse 18 said, the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. In other words, Lord, help me see. Don't let, don't, don't let me miss this person and minister to them just by telling them a joke or two, but not really getting to the deep things of their heart. In other words, open my eyes to my heart's door and open their eyes to their heart's door. As I minister to them, they might, they might know the hope of your calling. See? They may know what you came here to do and what you're doing through me is I'm going deeper. I'm tapping in the deep part of their heart to those needs, if needs that they really have, see? Those spiritual needs. It may just be saying I had a bad day, but it may be some, something that one of their loved ones are going through. And really how she befriend them and them trust you to tell you the deep things of their life. It may be something they need to repent of that happened 20 years ago. But as we tap in, as our eyes are enlightened to the understanding, as we minister to them as Christ Jesus, if y'all ever notice when Christ Jesus healed, when the Lord Jesus healed people on this earth, he didn't, have a, he didn't come to them and say, I'll give you a free assessment and sit them down in a chair and say, okay, tell me about your childhood. He said, do you want to be healed? Do you believe I can heal you? You are healed. Rise and walk. You can see now. And some people, he said, you have to trust me a little bit in this. I'm going to spit in a little clay, and I'm going to make this little ball. I'm going to put it on your eyes. Now, you go wash in the pool of Sodom, or you go wash in the Jordan River, or you go wash so-and-so. And their faith, knowing that Jesus had touched them, when they washed, they, they received their sight, okay? But, he said, but it never was something where you had to sit down and take a three- or four-hour assessment. He said to go and do, and they, they went and did, and they were healed. Some people came to him in the faith as the centurion did. And said, oh, no, sir, I don't even have to go because when you say it, it's done. And I believe in you before I'm over 100 men. When I say something to them, it's done. So I know that you're far above me. When you say my, my servant's healed, he's healed. The power of Jesus Christ, see. He has given that to us, folks, to use, not to glad, but he's given each and every one of us that power. And yes, we minister that power in different ways. But we're all individuals, and he has saved us all as individuals and gifted us all as individuals, different gifts, different diverse gifts used in unity to become a powerful, Bible-thumping, Bible-believing, and there at word of God, 
walking church, the richest community. And all of us will get to different. All of us will do something different in vacation Bible school coming up. But you know, each kid will see something different than us they like. Each kid will see something in our total lesson plan they like. And that draws them to Jesus. Because you know, the VBS, the Vacation Bible School, has already been prayed over, folks. It's already been, it's already been studied and prayed over that God's word will not come back void to him. It's already been sent as a mission. And all we do is be obedient and do the lessons. And he's going to draw people to him. And I know already, I'm thanking God already, there'll be lives saved in Vacation Bible School. I've seen God's hand work in it. There'll be people drawn to him in Vacation Bible School. There'll be healing and reconciliation in families through Vacation Bible School. And it's not just through that, folks. It's every time we gather together. If someone will be touched by something they heard, if we keep our eyes on Jesus and we keep our hearts attuned to God, to his leadership, as he leads us, we'll be obedient to follow him and there will be those lights to shine, those beacons in the darkness to draw all people to him. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today, Lord, just thanking you for loving us, Father. We thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit, which you have placed in each and every one of our hearts, Father, to be used by you, Father, to glorify your name, Father, to be used as vessels by your most gracious and powerful Holy Spirit. In a world, Father, where people are searching for all the, the wrong things, Father, for their companionship and for their completeness, may this message burn in their hearts, Father, that one value, one thing, Father, outstands all the rest that you are love and that you sent your perfect love to mankind, the sinful man, to have a relationship with you that through the washing and purging of our sins through Jesus Christ, we can come to you and have new life in him and regeneration of life through the Holy Spirit, your most powerful spirit, Father, the, power, the most powerful friend we can have, our best friend, Father, is your Holy Spirit working through us. Thank you for him today. Holy Spirit of God, we pray that today that you will make a difference in lives and give people assurance and give people boldness to speak your word, boldness to become a friend to someone, comfort them, that it may make a difference as we pray that your work will never come back to you void, Father, but always be reaching out to those, replenishing those lives, lifting them up, convicting hearts into repentance, Father, that they may trust you and your Son as Lord and Savior, that they may live a life worthy, Father, of their calling. So we pray these things, Father, today in Jesus' precious name and for his sake, amen.